We've been studying the book of Acts. How many is enjoying the book of Acts? Man, isn't it a powerful book? Because the book of Acts, it tells me the way I am to act. <laughs> it gives me the life that I am to live. And it's a supernatural life that God's called me to live. So the book of Acts, it, it relates to my life now. The way I'm to face situations, the way I'm to handle situations, the way I'm to deal with situations. In fact, there's two major things that's, that, that I'm taught in the book of Acts about the Holy Spirit. That the major things, the two major things that I'm taught is number one, I need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I need two major encounters. One encounter, I need the encounter of salvation. And I want you to know this morning that if you're here today and if you've not encountered the Holy Spirit in salvation, then you have a prime opportunity to do it today. Right there, even in fact in your car, you can just simply say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, cleanse me from my sins, and come into my heart. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit will come in and cause a miracle of work to take place in your life. So I want to invite you this morning to experience the Holy Spirit in salvation. The other experience that we need to experience the Holy Spirit in is in baptism. What that means, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that's what it tells us and tells in the book of Acts. And you shall receive power. What it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It said, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. So God is in the process not only of creating a salvation experience for us, but He's also in created an empowering spirit experience for us, where that we can experience the power of God that's able to come through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I want you to be encouraged this morning to know that God's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to live that life with Jesus. In fact, Jesus came to put a face on the Father because they couldn't understand how the Father was. They would read the Old Testament. they say, is He hard? Is He easy? Is He soft? Is He mean? They couldn't find it. But Jesus came to put a face on the Father. But you and I have come to put a face on Jesus. To where if they can't understand Jesus, they're supposed to be able to understand Jesus through seeing our face. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit that's found in Acts chapter 22, it says, and he said, the God of our fathers hath appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. So, there's three major things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. Number one, He wants to introduce me to the will of God. Number two, He wants to help me to see. And I tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit able to come into your life to causing us to be able to see things differently. I can see things that I used to not be able to see. I can see things that the way that God wants me to see things. Amen? The third thing is, He wants me to hear His voice. And that's what we're talking about, is how to hear the voice of God. I want to talk to you very quickly, just for a few moments, about hearing the voice of God. Now, in, when we studied the book of Acts, we found out that the Holy Spirit has a lot of ways that He talks to us. I want to ask you, what is the sound of God's voice? What's the sound of the voice of the Lord that you hear? Well, the Bible said in the book of Revelation, is it the sound of many waters? Also said, there's a sound of thundering and, and earthquakes. The Bible also said it becomes a still, quiet voice. 
So there's many sounds. So the important thing is that in each of our lives that we're able to distinguish and to be able to, to know what is the sound of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. One thing that Jesus taught us in John chapter 10, He said that you can hear His voice. So God wants, if we're Jesus' sheep, we're to be able to hear the voice of God. The second thing Jesus taught us in John 10, that if you can not only hear it, you can know His voice. You can know it's God. Somebody says, Jerry, I don't know if it's God or not. Well, you can know. So God wants us to, number one, to be able to hear His voice. Then secondly, He wants us to know His voice. And then in John chapter 10, He said the third thing was that we'd be able to follow His voice. So if I'm going to follow Jesus, I've got to be able to hear His voice. So i got to hear it, i got to know it, and I must be able then to follow it. Amen? So in, there's so many various scriptures throughout the book of Acts that tells us the way that God directs us or guides us. Now remember, one of the major chief things that the Holy Spirit is doing in our life, one of the major empowerment He gives us is to guide our life. God wants to guide each of our lives with His voice. God wants me to work at learning to hear His voice and to know His voice so I will be able to follow His voice. Amen? In Acts chapter 8, verse 29, it says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip. So there it teaches me, sometimes His voice is in me and is speaking in me. And not only that, in Acts chapter 13, not only is God's voice able to speak in me, it's able to speak to me. That's what it says. It's while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... In Acts chapter 6, verse 10, it teaches me, not only does the voice come in words, it comes in nudges. It says, but the Holy Spirit gave Stephen remarkable wisdom to answer them. His words were prompted by the Holy Spirit. You know, God wants to prompt us and nudge us in the right direction. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 through 20, his voice comes into my life as a spontaneous flow. I mean, out of nowhere. I can just be standing there and in a dilemma. But God's voice wants opportunity to begin to flow into my life. Amen? Some, sometimes God not only wants me to hear it, God said I can even begin to see His voice. That's why it says in Acts chapter 10, Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, Acts tells me that God not only wants to talk to me at words, He wants to talk to me in dreams and in visions. And it's so wonderful when you, when you allow yourself to expand and you realize there's these beautiful ways that God can talk to me. And if I will just allow myself, I can learn the voice of God for my own life. Now, the first way that God talks to us, the first way that He teaches us to talk to us is through Scripture. So it's just really, really important that each one of us learn to hear God's voice in the midst of Scripture. I don't want you to know that's not a hard thing to do. In fact, it's easy. I just want to quickly show you how easy it is. You know, a lot of times you may be here this morning, and while you're here, you may be worried. A lot of times that's the way we come to church. We bring our woes. We bring our problems. We bring our burdens to the Lord. Isn't that great? But the answer for it is to be able to hear the voice of God and able to receive a promise. If you're here this morning, if you're worried about your children, I'm just going to read a couple of promises to you. I want you to see if God can speak to you through it. And just so that we will learn how easy it is for God to speak to us out of His Word. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, what we're talking about concerning anyone that would be here this morning that would be worried about your children. 
the Bible says, I will confirm my covenant between me and you and your children. Do you see what God said? God said, I'm going to confirm the covenant. said, the relationship that I've given to you, not only was it given to you, but it was given to you and your children and even your grandchildren. After you from generation to generation, this is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your children. Isn't that a precious promise? Now, some of those kids may not be warning God this morning, but that's all right. I got a promise. And the promise tells me that, that he, God will always be my God and He will always be the God of my children after me forever. For it shall be between me and your children as well. That's what God said. Now, how many can just hear the Holy Spirit in that? Isn't it wonderful that right in the midst of our worrying about our kids, that we find out, man, not only do I have a relationship with God, but it entitles me to believe God that He's having a relationship with my children. And that means no matter how far they maybe try to run away from God this morning, they can't outrun the covenant of God. They can't. Now, how many of you feel like God could, you could claim that promise? See, that's just how easy it is. When you bring your worries to the Lord and you begin to look at Scripture promises concerning what you need in your life, and then God begins to take those promises. I'll tell you what happens. That worry just begins to be pushed out of our life. It just begins. Boy, that promise will come in. And you know what? I'm sitting here this morning. It says, Lord, it doesn't matter where my children are. What does matter is that you've given me the promise that out of my relationship with you, that you're going to bless my children. And that brings such a powerful, powerful strength into our life. Amen? You, some of you may be here this morning, and you may be worried about COVID. Well, you can just take Psalms 91, and it'll just answer the answer of COVID for you. It says, there shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. I tell you what, right in the midst, I was sitting this week in a, a, a COVID testing center. I've never seen that many sick people hardly at one place before. Because I was having to have a COVID test. And as I was sitting in there, so I could be here with you today. But as I was in that COVID testing center, there in the, in the midst of that, uh, I mean, it was just uh, right at arm's length almost with people that were facing COVID and so sick. But the Lord said that there shall no evil befall you, Jerry. Neither shall any plague. So I was able to sit there in the midst of what was a contaminated area. But I was able to take that scripture promise. So I want you to know, whatever it is that the devil is fighting you with, God has a promise. And God will help you to hear scripture. The second way I want to quickly mention this morning, the way that you can hear God, is by God's dealings with you. A lot of times we think that we've got to just hear voices. But there's other ways that God can make his voice known to us. And that is in God dealing with you. In fact, more of the things have come into my life over a period of time of God dealing with me. God first will begin to concern me about a various area. And maybe that's you. That's why I ask you about your children. That's why I ask you about COVID. Maybe you're concerned this morning about where you're going to get a new job. Or maybe you're concerned about making ends meet. Or maybe you're quite... But that concern can be God. And if I will begin to let God deal with me over that, what does that mean? I'm going to take that thing into prayer. I'm going to begin to sit before the Lord 
in answer, looking for God's answer over the situation that I'm facing. No, that's why this church is right here on this spot. It didn't come by just God speaking words to us. It came by God dealing with us. When we was located so far out there on 79, God began to deal with Our concern was that we was far away from our people because most of our people were in Camden at that time. And we was located so far away. So we became concerned. It wasn't long that concern took on a form of prayer. And then it wasn't long before that, that prayer took on a form of sitting before God to hear God. And then all of a sudden, God began to deal with us. I don't know of a point really that he spoke the words, but I do know that he began to draw our hearts and deal with our hearts over moving over here to Camden. And here we are. In fact, that's the reason I came to this church in the very beginning 46 years ago. I remember I was sitting in a trailer and God was dealing with me. He was dealing with me about pastoring. He was dealing with me about a place of ministry. And there, that Saturday morning, God began that dealing that lasted for several weeks. God dealing with me. So I don't know what God is dealing with you about. But if you're like, one of the strongest ways that you can hear the voice of God is whatever it is that God is concerning you about, take that into prayer and just believe that God has an answer. And just believe that God can guide you and lead you. And the wonderful thing about it is when God is causing you to hear His voice through dealing with you, it's going to take some altar time. It's going to take some waiting in the presence of God. Sometimes you can just hear a word in a moment. But what God's going to do, God's going to begin to strengthen you in what His will is. And if you'll just bring that concern before God, whether that concern is the marriage that you have, or whether that concern is whatever, those grandkids, whatever it is, you keep bringing that before God. And then all of a sudden, God has a way then of impressing His will upon us. Oh, it's just like a branding. It's just like as we begin to seek God over a matter, then it becomes almost like a branding. God begins to brand His will deep into our heart. In fact, that's one of the strongest ways that God can speak to us. And that's one of the most absolute ways. What happens is, if you will allow God to, to draw you and deal with you over situations. Maybe some of you are facing sins in your life and you don't know anything, but God's dealing with you about that. The reason God deals with us about sin is because those sins are sitting in our life as a blockade to stop what God's wanting to do for us. And so what God will do, God will come into us and He will begin to deal with us over various sins. Or He'll begin to deal with us over taking certain steps. Or He'll begin to deal with us over us reacting a certain way in our marriage. Or He'll begin to deal with us on a certain way to pray. Or He'll begin to deal with us over us being aggressive enough to take on a new job. Or He'll begin to deal with us. And if we will allow God, if we will sit in the presence of God, then what God will do, He will so strengthen your resolve to where when God gets through dealing with you, you will come out of that saying, I know, I know, I know what the will of God is. And you'll come out with such a strength and such a power. See, because what the Lord is using that dealing time to do is not only to reveal God's will, but He's using that dealing time to strengthen you to be able to do it. 
So as you're seeking God, now I tell you, that's what I miss most about being able to be inside. Because the altar area is so important for that. But you know what you can do? You can make an altar right there in your car. Or you can make an altar in your bedroom. Or you can make an altar in your living room. And you can take that altar experience. And what will happen is God will deal with you. And God will deal with you over what He wants you to do or what He wants you to be. I can remember that. I remember when God, like I said, began to deal with me about coming here and being pastor. And I was about as what I thought I was about as far from pastor material as a person could be. But you know what? God began to deal with me and He kept dealing with me and He kept dealing with me until where finally I was able. And I tell you what, I can't stand here and tell you that I've ever heard God's voice tell me that I am a pastor. But I tell you what, I know I am one because God dealt with me over a period of time. And when I came through with that dealing with the Lord, there was an absolute in my life of this, what God wanted to do in my life. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you. We're going to go ahead and close with that this morning. We're going to close with this issue. What it is that God's dealing with you. Whatever that it is that God's dealing with you about. That's God's will. In fact, the Bible says that God even gives us the desires of our heart. That speaks two forms. One form is God comes in the very beginning to cause me to desire the wrong, right thing. You know, say, but, but Jerry, what, what is it if I'm desiring the wrong thing? That's because the devil has tried to infiltrate God's good desires in you. So you push the devil aside and say, I don't want your desire. But if you will begin to allow it, God will begin to invigorate the right desires in you. Some of you desire to be a godly husband. Some of you have a great desire to be a godly mother, to be a godly wife. Some of you are desiring to be a, a godly grandchild. Some of you have a godly desire to be in the ministry. You want to do God's will. And, and although you would hard, probably not at this time even voice it because it is a fearful thing also. Because what God is calling you to do, it will have to be God to do it. And that's the wonderful thing about it. So wherever it is that God is putting that desire in you, the Bible says in the Psalms that God grants us and gives us the desire of our heart. So that desire inside you is the first voice of God that's beginning to talk to you about it. But then in the second phase of it, God not only grants the desire, He fulfills the desire. Because the same one the Bible said that has promised you it's the same one that's going to come and fulfill it. God, this load is not on you, honey. What God has put in your heart, that load is not on you. That load is to be on the shoulders, the big shoulders of Jesus. Because Jesus is able to carry that kind of load. What Jesus needs us to do is to let Him convince us. Because He needs us to believe it. He needs us to trust Him. He needs us to look to Him to fulfill it. He needs us to be able to look to Him. And, and although the world comes in and the devil comes in to try to place that pressure on you, but the same God that created that desire in you is the very same God that wants to fulfill that desire for you.
So wherever it is that God has created that desire, that's the voice of God that's beginning to speak to you. So what you do, you must continue to sit in the presence of the Lord. Continue to have altar prayer over it. Continue to search for promised scriptures that relating to it. And if we do our part, which is the homework part, God will certainly do His part, and that's the fulfillment part. This church is here today as a testimony of what God's dealing with you will do. There's no way in the world that we could build this church here. There's no way in the world we didn't have finance, didn't have ways, didn't have anything, didn't have the people to fulfill it. But this church here stands as a testimony of the same God that gives you a desire. It's the same God that will fulfill that desire for the glory of God. Can we pray together? And as we pray together, let's always start with allowing the desire for holiness to rid the sin out of our life. How do we do that? We say, Jesus, forgive us. Do you bow your heads with me this morning and let's just close this time in a season of prayer. Lord, we ask your forgiveness. Lord, we ask your cleansing that you would forgive us for our sin, that you would cleanse us from all righteousness, Lord. Oh, Lord, and deal with us, Lord. Lord, deal with us. Deal with us. Lord, create the desires in our heart (laughs) to fulfill your will, Lord. Lord, create the right desires, the desire for the right job, the desire for the right ministry, and the desire to be the right kind of person. Lord, create that desire in us, Lord. And then, Lord, deal with us over it, Lord. Deal with us, Lord. Draw us closer to it. And bring us to the place, Lord, that we absolutely know that this is the will of God for us. That this is what God put us on earth to fulfill. This is why we're here. It's to fulfill what God's will is for us. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask you something. First, I'm going to ask you, I want you to get ready in, in every car. Now, you may not need to blow your horn, but I want you to get ready to blow your horn. If there were things in your heart that you needed to forgive, get forgiveness for, and you just asked God to forgive you, I want you to blow your horn. If there was things that you needed, that you felt desire toward, but you didn't know what to do with that desire, but now you can understand that it's God's voice that's speaking to you. It's God speaking. Would you blow your horn if you felt like the Holy Spirit was bringing revelation to your heart? I love you, church. And together, we're going to see the fulfillment of God's will in all of our life. God bless you this morning. Praise God.